With summer closing in, I am so ready to ditch my cold weather clothes and say hello to shorts and tees. But I don't want to just buy what's trendy. I want to update timeless, high-quality summer pieces that I can utilize for all seasons and years to come without spending a fortune. And now I've got a lineup of beautiful clothes from Quince that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. Like premium European linen dresses, Blouses and shorts from $30. That's what I'm talking about, babe. There's washable silk tops, 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less oh than gosh. similar brands. It's actually because they partner directly with top factories, so Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to you. I actually just ordered their linen shorts, tops, and pants that I plan to wear for this summer because they're lightweight, and I'm so excited to get them and start planning my Quince capsule wardrobe for my summer travels. Honestly, I have so much Quince clothing, and I love it all. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com husband for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash husband to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash husband when you're traveling do you ever stress about what's happening back home like did you forget to lock up or leave a window open that's why we totally suggest getting simply safe home security today for top-notch security and peace of mind no matter where your summer adventures take you that's actually such a good point i think that is one of the main reasons peyton and i love simply safe as well is did I lock the front door? Did I do this? Is a window open? You can just tell exactly what's going on in your home. Right. And I, I know like when we travel, it is so nice to just have that peace of mind to know that your home is okay. There's also a variety of indoor and outdoor cameras that we've installed. So we have view of our entire house, every entry point. Plus, I just feel relieved knowing that it's backed by 24-7 professional monitoring for less than a dollar a day. Simply Safe has given me and many of my listeners real peace of mind. I want you to have it too. Right now, get 20% off any new Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at simplysafe.com slash husband. There's no safe like Simply Safe. everybody welcome back to our podcast this is murder with my husband i'm peyton morland and i'm garrett morland and he's the husband and i'm the husband we just want to say thank you to everyone who signed up for our patreon and who also viewed our youtube channel it means so much to us you guys have no idea okay we need to do garrett's 10 seconds for this episode so what is it so it's snowing where we are and it's really cold but i have a power washer so the other day I put all my snow clothes on and went out and washed the car in my snow clothes and I, I have a foam cannon and so I used the foam cannon <laughs> just so everyone knows don't do it when it's cold outside because the foam froze all over our car. Yes he's not like I will post a picture though of him and his whole get up out there because it was really funny. It actually worked really well. Yeah. I get really cold so I have to wear snow clothes like every time I shovel or yeah but it was anything. really funny. That's my 10 seconds. Awesome. This case was sent in to us by a listener on Instagram. Her name is Haley Potter. Fun fact, I think I used to teach dance to her. Really? Way back in my high school days. Yeah. Payne's so a really, really good fun. dancer for anyone who doesn't know. Oh, please don't. Not trying to 
hype her up too much, but oh. <laughs> my wife's a good dancer. Okay. But anyways, thank you, Haley, so much for reaching out. It was fun. It was fun to talk to you. So our case sources this week are a Hulu two part called Cold Valley. It was really good. I would suggest watching it. Spokesman.com, thecriminalcode.com, and obviously Reddit because this case is a rabbit hole. So Reddit mm. was my friend. Okay. I also do need to mention that the Hulu two part is centered around detective Jackie Nichols, who is just this bad a like detective from a very small town, but who has gone out of her way to look into this case has like, I feel done a really good job of almost single-handedly piecing what we're going to talk about today mm-hmm. together. And then not like being like, Oh, it's my case. I have to do it. But like also getting other people involved to help. She truly just wants to solve this team player. Yes. And just awesome. Like has spent so much of her own time doing this. And so I do need to give a shout out to her. A lot of this information comes directly from her. That's awesome. So our case this week, I just said, is a wild one at that. We will be discussing multiple cases that after much time were tied together by multiple different crime units and are believed to have the same suspect. More recently, these Mm. cases have been summarized as the Lewis Clark Valley disappearances. I was going to say is, does everyone know what that means? Like the Lewis Clark, is that like a big case? No, I don't think so. so. Sometimes when you say these things, yeah, like you yes. make it seem like it's a huge deal, like a huge deal. And I'm like, am I the only one that doesn't know no, what this case no, is? This is not you. You wouldn't know this case. Okay. I only am saying that because it is multiple cases. So I'm trying to give you one title, the Lewis Clark Valley okay. disappearances, kind of like a serial killer, like Ted Bundy. You just call him Ted Bundy Got it. because yep. you're going to talk about multiple cases. So that's what I'm doing here. Okay. So we're starting in 1979. Christina White went missing from Asotin, Washington. She has never been found. Okay. She was a bit of a tomboy, loved being outside, wasn't scared to do anything. Only a thousand people lived in Asotin at the time, and everybody knew everybody. It was small town. Okay. Asotin is nestled right on the edge of Washington, essentially a neighbor city of Idaho. So when oh, you wow. look at it on the map, it's like on the edge of Washington and Idaho. So don't be confused as we go through. I'm calling it the Lewis Clark, which is Idaho. I'm referring to two different states like Idaho and Washington, Mm -hmm. but think of them as like neighboring cities. Like it's a short drive between the two. Yes. Do you cross? But just think of it as one state and two cities. April 28th, 1979, 12 year old Christina heads downtown with her mother and little sister to watch the parade. The fair was running in town at that time of year, so a lot of festivities were happening for local people. And when I first met Garrett, I'm from Idaho, a smaller town, and the fair in my town is like, woo! (laughs) It's the biggest event. And it sounds like it with this town too. Is that just an Idaho thing or like small town people? Is like the fair like the biggest thing to happen to you? Because you were like, the fair, like, okay, it's just Yeah, I remember when we... I went up and visited you and your family and you're we like, like, it's fair week. You're like, we're going to the fair. Yeah. I'm like, cool. We're going to the fair. <laughs> I, so I don't know. They made it seem like a big deal too. So, um, she, a lot of, like I said, but they also do like parades during this time. Cause it's like the party week. 
So Christina, her mom, her little sister head to the parade. After the parade, Christina's mom drove home a different route so she could drop Christina off at her friend's house and then head home. They brought her bike with them because Christina and her friend were going to ride their bikes to the fair later that day. So they leave the parade. They go to Christina's friend's house, drop her off, drop her bike off, say, okay, you guys are going to the, the fair later and then heading home. Christina's mom watched her run up to her friend's porch and go in. Not long after dropping her off, Christina's mom gets a call from Christina who says that she was feeling hot and exhausted. Um, Her mom says to get a cold towel, a glass of water, cool down, and then ride your bike back to to our house. So what year are we in again? 79. Okay. So how did she call her mom? From the friend's house, the landline. Got it. Yeah. So she's at a friend's house, 12 years old, calls from the landline, says, mom, I'm not feeling good. Her mom says, grab a glass of water. Like, cool down and Uh then ride your bike home. Like, don't go to the fair. Okay. Christina is never seen again. A search begins and everyone in town is looking for Christina. Not even her bike can be found. We aren't for sure who exactly was at the friend's house while she was over there, but this was the last place Christina was seen. How many miles was the friend's house from her house? I don't know know the exact miles, but I do know it wasn't going to be like this huge deal that she rode her bike home. Mm obviously now like i feel like we don't like go oh just ride your bike home because it wasn't like the same neighborhood Mm -hmm. you know what i'm saying but it wasn't like too far for her to ride a couple weeks go by and nothing is discovered in the case a man named carol flynn discovers some papers on the edge of his property and was surprised when he realized that they were the school papers of the missing girl christina white Hmm. his property was on the outskirts of a soton so pretty far from where Christina was last seen. This is like a big lead. Everyone's like, oh my gosh, police search the Flynn farm, but nothing is found. It's as if Christina White up and vanished without a trace. Two years later, on June 26th, 1981, 22-year-old Kristen David, so our first one was Christina, she's 12, now 22-year-old Kristen David, begins a three-hour bike ride from Moscow to Lewiston, Idaho. Oh, that's a long bike ride. Yes. Keep in mind, I just said Idaho, but we are still right by a Sotin, okay? Was she riding for like exercise? Pleasure. Okay. Yep. Kristen was a University of Idaho student and had a plan to do this bike ride and be back in time to go to work. When she didn't show up for work, her mother called all family asking if anyone had seen or heard from Kristen. They hadn't. And are both, were both of these in just broad daylight as well? Yes. Both of these oh. are middle of the day. Okay. She calls the police who tell her that the college kids run off all the time. There probably isn't anything to worry about. Kristen's family know there's something to worry about. Mm-hmm. This is the second young girl, young, okay, 22 and 12, but the second girl to go missing in the area in two years. And keep in mind, this small town. It's not like girls go yeah. missing all the time. They talk to neighbors and discover that they had heard Kristen getting her bike out and starting her ride. So they're like, she obviously made it to the bike ride. An eyewitness comes forward claiming that he saw a brown van with an Oregon license plate on the side of the road. And next to the van was a bike on the ground. The hind wheel was still turning and a blonde girl was like in fetal position on the ground. So he like drove by. It looked to him as if she had crashed maybe. And he thought the brown van had pulled off to help her because the the van was like in front of her, but near, near her. So they just thought, oh, they pulled off to help her. He noticed a six foot, 150 pound man get out with a smile on his face and walk around the back. Keep in mind, he's just driving by. So this is just a snapshot of what he sees. 
When the eyewitness gets home, he calls the paramedics because there's no cell phones to tell them to go help because he felt like there was a girl out there who'd gotten hurt and someone had pulled off to help her. Mm -hmm. They head out there. The van and the girl are gone. The bike? I'm pretty sure it wasn't there because the paramedics were like kind of frustrated with this man for wasting their time to send Mm -hmm. him out there and there was nothing there. I think if there had been a bike there, they would have been like, oh, the girl's missing. Like, let's check the hospital or whatever. Kristen's family decides to conduct their own search because the police are really not helping them. They do not believe that Kristen would run away or get in a car with a stranger unless she had bike trouble or was taken against her will. Less than two weeks later, about 6.5 miles downstream from the Red Wolf Bridge, which is the Snake River, by the Uh way, a fisherman came across a garbage bag while he was fishing. It was July 4th, 1981, and when he looked inside the garbage bag, he discovered part of a human body wrapped in newspaper. Oh my gosh. He looked around, discovered more garbage bags a little bit away, decides to step off, heads home because he needs a phone, contacts law enforcement who discovered a total of five garbage bags with pieces of human body wrapped in newspapers. Think of it like meat packing. Like if you were to go to the store and buy meat like wrapped in brown paper- it's like that, but it's the body. How many, how many bodies did they? One. Oh, so cut it's just up into one. pieces okay. wrapped in five different garbage bags. Okay. The area the bags were found is just a river. It's surrounded by rocks. So literally mm-hmm. think like a river flowing rocks and yep. then the garbage bags are just laying around the rocks. Upon further investigation, police discovered that the body had been dismembered with precision and knowledge. This was not an amateur who cut up this body. So almost like he had to have been a... Worked in like a, butcher, like a meat a a butcher or something like that. Okay, yes. yep, that's what I was going to say. Mortician. Yeah. Is that what they... No. I don't know. No, think morticians that's... don't cut up bodies. Okay, let's Yeah, just I was kind of... I met a medical examiner. The person in the bags is positively identified as missing 22-year-old Kristen David. The FBI is called, but nothing is ever released on if they furthered the investigation. How did they identify her though? Like, how did they even... It was only like, what, six, six, two and a half weeks later or something? Let me look. But like she was obviously not Two weeks recognizable, later. correct? No, but they uh, the body hasn't degraded. So yes. they can take DNA, DNA, which they went to the parents. They compare. So, but they couldn't they recognize medi- it, Yeah, correct? they have dental records. Yes. One year later, on September 13th, 1982, 21-year-old Christina Nelson and her 18-year-old stepsister, Brandy Miller, are reported missing from Lewiston, Idaho. So keep in mind, we had the first Christina, then Kristen, and now we have another Christina. Don't get confused. Okay. Police visit Christina's apartment and discover it's in pristine condition. No evidence of a struggle. They discover a note at the apartment claiming that the girls were going to the grocery store to do laundry, but it's undetermined if they ever made it. Okay. That same week in 1982, police receive another call claiming that 35-year-old Steve Pearsall had not been seen since he entered a local civic theater where he was the janitor. Everyone's going missing. Literally. He wasn't working that night, just hanging around the place like he usually did. Three different witnesses put him at the theater around midnight. No one saw him leave. Okay. That was the same night that Brandy and Christina disappeared. His wallet, uncashed paycheck, and car were still at his apartment, which leads police to think he didn't run away. And his clarinet was found in the orchestra pit at the Civic Theater. It's known to have been his prized possession. So this guy goes to the Civic Theater that night, goes missing. Three people see him there. No one Mm -hmm. sees him leave. All his possessions are at his house and his favorite possession is at the theater where he usually played his clarinet at the theater. So that was normal. Okay. I'm guess I'm trying to figure out with how many people have gone missing 
there was not one camera anywhere throughout the whole city that in caught the something. In the 70s and 80s? Yeah. I mean, I, I feel know. like there was... They don't mention anything. Also, these are small towns, uh-huh. too. Like, it's, okay. it's, it's pretty small. Mm-hmm. The connection, though, between the two girls who went missing and Steve that went missing the same night is that one of them had also worked at the Civic Theater where Steve was last seen. According to online sources, the girls also had to walk by the theater to get to the grocery store that night. Oh, okay. So this was kind of later debunked that like, yes, the girls could have walked by the theater, Mm -hmm. but it wouldn't have been like the smartest path for them to take. So they probably didn't. Like, so they might not have, but this is how they were like, oh, they could have walked past it to get to the grocery store, but it was out of the way. Mm -hmm. But I will come back to that later. Don't let me forget. Okay. So essentially around the same time, all three of them were in the same vicinity and all three went missing. Is this a coincidence? Can that even happen in a small town? Like up and vanish? No clue as to where anyone is. Police search the connecting piece, the theater, for any clues, but nothing is found. In 2017, the Civic Theater was condemned and is on schedule to be demolished. So they're going to tear down the last place. Hasn't done it yet, but they're going to. Yep. Where he was seen and where they think that's the connection between him and the girls. But this is a while later. In 2017, yes. Yeah. Yeah, So we just like jumped forward. Mm -hmm. But now we're back into the 70s, 80s. Two years later, on March 19th, 1984, Two bodies were found in a rural area just outside Kendrick, Idaho. This is about 30 to 40 miles away from Lewiston, Idaho, where the girls disappeared. Okay. It was the remains of Christina and Brandy, the two sisters who had disappeared. They had been badly decomposed, were clothed, and had jewelry on when they were dumped there. Oh, that's kind of weird. Keep in mind, Kristen was chopped up. Do you remember? uh Uh-huh. So there were cords found around the bodies that were most likely used on the bodies, but they were badly decomposed. So they don't know like where the cords were. So because the murders were pretty different, I mean, one was chopped up and one was fully clothed. Yes. I would assume that they probably don't connect the dots and go, this is the same person. Yes. And you do have to, like, I will admit from the cases we've discussed, you have a 12 year old girl, Mm -hmm. then you have a 22 year old girl. Then you have 20 year old twins or yeah. not sisters, sisters, Sorry. stepsisters uh-huh. who go missing. But then a 35 year old man. male. Yeah. So it's not like as you're looking, it's not like we obviously have a serial killer. They're like, all under 14. Yes, or most all, serial killers uh-huh. don't change their MO. Okay. At, yes. Are they all in the same area, which is a little weird? Mm-hmm. Yes. But I mean, that's a pretty broad yeah. range for a victim. There was no evidence of Steve Steve Pearsall, the 35-year-old who also went missing around the disposal site. So he's still missing. This was hard because Steve Pearsall was seen as a victim. But when he went missing the same night and his body didn't show up with the girls, uh-huh. police threw around the idea that he could be a suspect and not a victim. Yeah. You have to imagine how this felt for Steve's family who hadn't seen him and were sure he was in danger and hurt. But now yeah. everyone's like throwing around the idea like, did he kill these girls, dump their bodies and just... Oh, fall off the face yeah. of the earth to hide, uh-huh. you know, but it's hard because he's also missing mm-hmm. his family and friends promised that he wasn't violent, that Steve could never have done this. And it sucks because they're now defending their family member who they can't even find. Yes. 
When we started podcasting, an online store was honestly the furthest thing from our minds. But now we're selling Murder With My Husband merch and it's so easy because we use Shopify. And we really do. We use Shopify to sell our merch. I've been using Shopify for years. So it is absolutely amazing, easy to use, so intuitive. I love it. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. And it's great because they grow with you. So whether you're just launching your shop or you've just hit a million orders, they are there every step of the way. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. We've actually tried a couple other platforms before we started using Shopify to sell our merch and Shopify is just the best. Um, I've been using it for years, like I've said, and I just love having control over it and being able to do what I want. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is a global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklyn, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. So sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash husband. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash husband now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash husband. Do you ever find that when you're traveling, you can't help but worry about what's going on back home? Like, again, did you remember to lock up everything or close all the windows? It's so easy for those little concerns to nag at you while you're trying to enjoy your trip. And that's why we highly recommend looking into Simply Safe Home Security today. It's all about giving you the top-notch security and total peace of mind, no matter where your summer adventures take you. It's like having that extra layer of protection so you can truly relax and enjoy your time away. You guys, I know that when we travel, it is so nice to just have that peace of mind. You know, it's not only for when you're home and you don't want someone breaking in, but like also when you're away from home and you just want to know that your house is safe. And that is what Simply Safe gives you. There's a variety of indoor and outdoor cameras we've installed. So we have a view of all our entry points. Plus, Simply Safe was named Best Home Security System 2024 by the U.S. News and the World Report. Simply Safe has given us and many of our listeners real peace of mind. I want you to have it too. Right now, get 20% off any new Simply Safe system with fast protect monitoring at simplysafe.com/husband. There's no safe like Simply Safe. All right, you guys, Audible is your one-stop app for all things audio entertainment, from bestsellers and the latest releases to celebrity memoirs and gripping mysteries. Audible's library is brimming with countless genres to love and new discoveries to make. Dive into an unparalleled selection of audiobooks and explore exclusive Audible originals brought to life by top celebrities, renowned experts, and fresh voices. As an Audible member, you can choose one title a month to keep from their entire catalog in including the latest bestsellers and new releases. Plus, you can enjoy unlimited access to a growing selection of audiobooks, Audible originals, and podcasts such as Murder With My Husband. Honestly, I love Audible because I will get into a story while I'm cleaning or driving. Sometimes I get so hooked listening to a story, I just end up finding new places to clean or just end up sitting in my car, which drives Garrett nuts, but I'm out there sitting there. New members can explore Audible free for 30 days. Also this March through May, let Audible sweep you into a realm of intrigue and suspense with their mystery and thriller collection, featuring exclusive new thrillers from their best-selling authors. Their selection is designed to captivate and surprise. 
ensuring your heart rate remains as elevated as your imagination. New members can try Audible for free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash MWMH or text MWMH to 500-500. That's audible.com slash MWMH or text MWMH to 500-500. We're jumping into an ad right now and I, no joke, I've had this question I think about it all the time because I hate getting sick. Do you ever wonder why some people just don't get sick? One of the reasons you can help yourself from getting sick is Armra Colostrum. Okay, obviously I had no idea that colostrum is the first nutrition we receive in life and is an exclusive source of all the essential nutrients we need in order to thrive. So what's amazing is Armra colostrum is a proprietary concentrate of bovine colostrum that harnesses over 400 functional nutrients to strengthen your immune barriers, your body's inside suit of armor, and the first line of defense against harmful particles from the environment that can trigger inflammation and actually make Make you sick. I'm not saying that it 100% works for everybody because obviously you never know, but all I'm saying is I haven't been sick since I started taking it. Well, and the science behind it is so cool. Armor colostrum strengthens all four layers of your gut wall where 80% of your immune cells are housed. And it's a rich exclusive source of antibodies that optimize your immune defense during cold and flu season. Plus in clinical trials, bovine colostrum was found to be at least three times more effective than the flu vaccine at preventing the flu. We've worked out a special offer for our audience receive 15% off your first order. Go to tryarmra.com slash husband or enter husband to get 15% off your first order. Again, that's T-R-Y-A-R-M-R-A dot com slash husband. So to recap, in 1979, 12-year-old Christina White goes missing. In 1981, 22-year-old Kristen David is murdered, her body found in pieces. A year later, in 1982, Christina Nelson, Brandy Miller, and Steve Pearsall go missing on the same night in the same vicinity. Some people thinking in the same place, the Civic Theater. Five victims, one general area, and no evidence. So they still haven't found in 1979 when Kristen? Christina, the 12-year-old. 12-year-old was murdered. They never found her body. Nope. Okay, Mm -mm. but they found everyone else's except hers, correct? And Steve's. Oh, yes, and Steve's. So they found three bodies. Got it. There's five victims. Uh Police discover that there was someone else at the Civic Theater that night that they all went missing. Mm -hmm. And so they bring him in to ask him some questions. Immediately, they feel like the suspect is not looking them in the eyes, has defensive body language, all the things that police say when Mm -hmm. they're, you know, someone's acting sus. They ask him what he was doing at the Civic Theater on the night of the disappearances, and he claims to have been working on the theater. So he was hired to work like odd jobs around the theater, and he says he was working that night. He says he was up in the loft attic space working on things Mm. when he accidentally fell through the plaster and down into the theater. Jeez. It obviously shocked him. He made his way to a couch in the green room to lay down because he was unwell from the fall, and he fell asleep. He says the phone rang while he was laying down, but he didn't get up to answer it. And then he drifted back off to sleep. He tells police he had no idea that Steve Purcell was in the theater that night and that he didn't talk to anyone at the theater that night. Mm. Steve would have walked right past the green room, turning on lights as he went to make his way into the theater. So he literally says, I was at the theater with this guy who went missing from the theater 
but I didn't hear anything because I was asleep. Also, why was Steve there so late? Sorry, when you were telling me that, I was thinking about, wait, why was he there at 12 o'clock at night? Yes. So Steve was supposedly like with his girlfriend Mm -hmm. um, and then she dropped him off. He used to hang out at the theater. He would like, it was kind of like a hangout place. So like midnight though, was that normal back then? I don't know. I think it's, I don't know really, but he went back there to hang out. Like he was playing his clarinet. He did it often. They said that he just like hung out around there. It is a little weird. I will give that to you, but they made it sound normal. Okay. Now you might be thinking that this suspect is a stretch. Like this is their number one suspect and all they have him for is being at the theater that night. Mm -hmm. There are two other crimes involved in our story. I'm telling you, this is a suspect for all five murders. Oh, okay. Or not murders. Some of them are missing. Uh Uh-huh. There's two other crimes involved and this is their main suspect for that. And keep in mind at this point, they haven't connected them, but now I have. And so I'm telling you, this is the main suspect. This is the best suspect they have that just happened to be sleeping in a room while Steve was at the theater. They're not even for sure that the girls went missing from the theater. Yeah. But police cracked down on this suspect so hard because he wasn't only connected to the Steve Kristen Brandy case in 1979, back when Christina went missing. Uh. Our main suspect, this guy, had been living in the home of the friend's house where 12-year-old Christina White had become sick and called her mom from and went missing from. He was living in the home? I mean, I guess I keep forgetting that the town is only a thousand people. Yes. So everyone knows each other. Yes. So he's probably bouncing around from place to place. He was supposedly Christina's friend, like who she went to play with, Mm -hmm. her stepdad at the time. Okay. So when Christina's mom dropped her off, He was there because he was the friend's dad. Mm -hmm. Literally the last place Christina had been seen. So the next day, our same suspect had made his way to the sheriff's station in 1979 to let them know that he would like to be on the search team for missing Christina and would help in any way he could, i.e. inserting himself into the investigation, which everyone always thinks is weird. I guess this makes you say we have one person who is connected physically to all but one of these cases, which is Kristen who went missing on her bike, Mm -hmm. but there's not enough evidence. The police department investigating Christina White have a main suspect and the police department investigating the Civic Three, that's what we're calling them, the three who went missing around the Civic Theater, have a main suspect and it just happens to be the same suspect. Yeah, that's a little fishy. These two departments reach out to each other and decide to work together on the cases after they figure this out. Police discover with this extra help that back when Christina White was abducted, possibly from the house where our main suspect was at the time, there was another house in between her friend's house and her mom's house where she was supposed to be riding her bike that was actually owned by this suspect, but was vacant. Is it possible that this suspect offered to take Christina home after she had called her mom and told her I'm feeling sick. And her mom said, well, just ride your bike home. Did he take her? So he owned another home, but he was was just completely vacant. Yes. Like no one, there are no renters or anything. Mm -mm. That's really weird. She wasn't feeling well. She most likely wouldn't have wanted to ride home. Like if she was sick, she wouldn't have wanted to get on her bike Mm -hmm. and ride home. So does he, you know, say, I'll take you home. She goes with him. And instead of taking her home, he takes her to the vacant house. Yeah. On the way to her home. Police talk to relatives and friends of the suspect and several of them describe odd behavior like him digging around his house at night, him spooking a woman he was showing a house to. A woman was with her family camping when she walked back up to get something from her car where a man pulled off and asked for directions. She told him, I don't really know, but my family is down there and they might know. He says, well, get in my car and I'll drive you down there. She goes, uh, no, I'll just walk down there. He goes, never mind, drives away. 
What Later that heck? night, the same family notices a man pop his head around a tree near the campsite that they're camping at. They realize it's the same man as earlier that was in the truck. I guess I'm I'm trying to like think through this because there's only a thousand people in this town, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So well, shouldn't this they... is spread over multiple towns. Oh, though, that's right. Okay. Where yep. the little girl went missing had a thousand people. We we oh, are okay. in multiple cities though. Okay. The family gets spooked that this guy came back, so they just decide to pack up and leave. Mm-hmm. Later that night, the same family notices a man pop his head around a tree near the campsite, and they realize it's the same man as earlier. They just decide to pack up and leave. They're spooked. Mm-hmm. Later that year, this family is at a parade when they see the same man again at the parade, and they start talking about it like, hey, that's that man that yeah. like, was acting weird at the campsite. And next to them is a local police officer. And he said, which guy? Mm. And they said, him right there. And he said- you know who that is, right? That's our main suspect in the abductions and murders. Wow. Mm-hmm. So he had spooked a whole, a girl had come up. He tried to get her to get in his car. The suspect was married and had acted in a show at the civic theater. Apparently he was having an affair with the main young actress and it was her first real relationship. After the show, they broke up. He's cheating on his wife. Uh-huh. He breaks up with his mistress. And a while later she takes her own life. Suspiciously, this main suspect is the one who finds her. Oh. So how many people can die around you? How many people seriously. can feel uncomfortable around you? So now we're at six people that we know of. Well, I mean they don't I mean they don't attribute him to this Okay. This one, but it's just weird. They never pushed it. Nope. They just always were Okay, he found her. Mm, yeah. Okay. Police search all of his properties, but no physical evidence is found. They cannot catch a break. On March 22nd, 1984, the suspect sits down with police for his second interview. This time, everyone, including him, knows he's a suspect for murder. He lays out his timeline, stating that he watched a movie before heading back to the Civic Theater to do more work. So he was working there, took a break, went and watched a movie. So he says he he gets done with his movie at 11 uh-huh. and heads back so that he has time to crawl up in there, fall through the plasters, hit his head, fall asleep uh, before okay. Steve gets there at midnight. Yeah. Cops check the movie he watched didn't get over until a little before 12, which is when Steve arrived. So there's no way he could have went up there, hit fell his head, through, fell through, fell asleep on the couch, went and heard the phone ring, fell back asleep before Steve arrived. Okay. Yeah. This is important because he's trying to set up a timeline that makes more sense, but it just mm-hmm. doesn't when yeah. you know that the time movie got over. As well as him ignoring the phone call that ended up being from his wife to see where he was. So remember the first time he's like, I hit my head and fell. Yep. Uh, the phone rang, but I didn't answer it. Mm-hmm. That's him also setting up a timeline because he knows someone called the theater expecting him to be there. Got it. Because he was working and it was, it was his wife calling to say, hey, what are you doing? Where are you? He says he fell back asleep, and according to him, he didn't wake up until 5 a.m., where he decided that the call was most likely his wife wondering where he was, so he panicked and called her back five hours later. Okay. All that time, sleep is his alibi. Mm -hmm. His wife states that he never slept over on a job site like that. That's why she was calling him. He states that he left to go home, but realizes that his wife would already be gone for work when he Mm -hmm. got there, so he drove back to the theater to use the phone and call her again. His story is just all over all the place. Over. Yeah. He told cops that he moved his vehicle from the front of the theater into the back around this time so that he could easily load his tools into his car. Okay. <laughs> he's just so all over the place. Feels as if he's trying to explain away any way that someone else would have seen him or not heard from him or heard from him. You know what I'm saying? 
1982, a little girl named Darylin Johnson went missing while walking to school in Nampa, Idaho, and was found days oh later gosh. on the edge of none other than the Snake River. So they, they, they haven't, obviously haven't charged him or anything yet. No. So he's still just roaming around. No, I'm just telling you another case. Okay. Um, her body was found within miles of land that was owned by guess who? No way. Our main suspect. The Darylin girl who 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 was kidnapped uh-huh. is literally identical to 12-year-old Christina White. And oh. I will post a picture and we will show you on YouTube right now. Like insane, uncanny okay. how similar they look. Mm-hmm. The suspect tells police that he had been arrested before on June 5th in 1972. He was a, so this is before all these cases. So he keeps going to different towns. So is this to like confuse the police? Like, is yeah, this strategic? I'm, but it's like close enough that like, of course they were going to hear. Yeah. He's basically stayed in Idaho this whole time. Uh-huh. But it's like, if you're going to like go from state to, to state, because it's yeah. way less likely, especially back then it was unlikely, which is why these connections are just being made now. And it's not like official connections. He's not necessarily declared a suspect in this little girl's mm-hmm. in Boise's um, murder. But it's like, what are the chances that he owns land miles away from it? You know what I'm saying? The suspect tells police that he had been arrested before on June 5th in 1972. He was arrested in San Jose, California for breaking into a mortuary, which was housing the body of a 17-year-old named Antoinette Anino, who had died of suspicious circumstances a couple days earlier. He broke in with a hunting knife, camera, and flashlight and was arrested. She was the only body in the morgue at the time. Uh Antoinette and her boyfriend had gotten into an argument like a couple days earlier and sat down on the sand of the beach to talk about it. 15 minutes later, her boyfriend left telling her that when she calms down, she should come join him and his friends again, which included her brother. Like it was Mm -hmm. a whole group of people hanging out. The security guard ends up coming to them later to tell them that the boardwalk was closing and so they need to go home. So they head back to where they had left Antoinette and she's gone. Later that morning, two people who are walking on the beach see a body floating in the water. Officers respond. There's no obvious signs of trauma or injury, but she was nude and her clothes are missing. They can't find them anywhere on the beach. So weird. Every single one of these murders is pretty different. Very right? different. There seems to be no MO yes, at, at all. all. So her death is ruled suicide by drowning, even though her clothes are never found. Which okay. I guess she could have just like left them in the yeah. water. But it feels like if she washed up, her clothes would have too. Mm-hmm. When our main suspect, this guy, was trying to cut through a screen to get into the mortuary, the owner who lived above came out and confronted him. He tells him, I'm just trying to get in to see my girlfriend one last time. That's so freaky. Keep in mind, he's like in his 20s at at Uh this time. Our suspect grew up in Chicago and within a couple miles from where he grew up in his neighborhood in 1963, an eight-year-old girl named Diane Taylor was murdered. Oh my gosh. She had left her house for the five block walk to the YMCA where she was taking summer classes at 10 a.m. Guess who worked at the YMCA? As a youth counselor. Well. Our suspect. Where she goes missing from. That's the last place she's seen. So basically he's been doing this his, well, okay, we don't know if it's him yet for sure. Yeah. But come on. Basically he's been (laughs) doing this his entire life. Yes. His entire life. Yeah. Her body was found a couple days later in an alley-like, like or an Mm alleyway-like thing. Um, She had been sexually assaulted and a stab wound to her heart. Her two front teeth were knocked out and she had slash wounds all over her legs and arms. Keep in mind she's eight. Okay. Horrible. 
Our suspect, a 15-year-old at the time, was brought in for questioning. They let him go because they felt like it had to be someone much older. So this guy, our suspect, who's been a suspect in every single case Mm -hmm. we've talked about, besides Kristen, the 22-year-old on the bike, they have no way to tie him to her. Besides her, he has been around in the vicinity or owned or owned land or broke in or was in the house or was in the civic theater or was at the YMCA and was taken in for questioning around every single person that's died. What are the chances? How many times can people die around you before it's like something's weird? There's no way. So here is our suspected timeline. If we are going off our main suspect, this guy of what police think have everything to do with the Lewis Clark Valley disappearances, 1963, Our suspect is questioned as a teenager in Chicago for the murder of an eight-year-old girl who took classes at the YMCA he worked at. In 1972, our suspect is arrested for breaking into a mortuary in San Jose, California, where he's trying to see, in his words, his girlfriend one last time, who had died of suspicious circumstances. Mm -hmm. In 1979, our suspect is living at the house where Christina White was last seen. In 1981... Kristen David is found murdered along the Snake River in proximity with the rest of these crimes. That's the only connection. In February of 1982, our suspect owns land miles away from where Daryl Johnson is found dead along the Snake River in Nampa, Idaho. She went missing on her way to school. In September of 1982, our suspect is asleep in the building area where Christina Nelson, Brandy Miller, and Steve Purcell go missing from. Holy crap. In 1984... Brandy and Christina's bodies are found in Lewiston and our suspect is taken into questioning today. As of today, all of the cases we just went over are open no. and unsolved besides Antoinette, the one at the mortuary. Cause they said she was a suicide. So is he still alive then the, the suspect, which is why I haven't said his name. Oh, wow. Okay. The Chicago PD got real. are working with the other departments involved in the Lewis Clark Valley disappearances. Christina is still classified as a missing person. The FBI is evaluating DNA connected to Kristen David. Stephen Persall is also a missing person and has not been ruled out as a suspect in the murder of Christina and Brandy. Has anyone else recently died close to the suspect? No, because he has since gone on and changed his name because every Uh, single person around the area of these people knows that he's the suspect. Okay. But I will tell you, I had to dig and I mean dig to find his name. His new name or his old name? Both. Okay. I know both. I'm not going to say it because I feel like there's a reason they're not saying it. And Uh so I'm just going to respect the fact that they haven't said it. But it's insane. He's moved. He's since moved away from the Lewis Clark area and he has changed his name. Wow. That's and crazy. he still has a family. Wow. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what I was going to say earlier about the, um, the walkway. So they actually found out that this guy, the movie theater, remember how he said he was at a mm-hmm. movie was in the path that these girls would have taken. Oh, so it really was. So at first they were like, the girls walked past the theater but now they realize that they probably walked past the movie theater that okay. he was at. And then mm-hmm. they, what they think happened is they met there. He said, meet me at the civic theater later. I'm going there now, or I'll go with you now. Walked there. Didn't know Steve was there. Cause why would Steve have come back and killed? Well, and ended up Steve either interrupted him or got it. Vice versa. Okay. Yeah. So that's kind of, I want to clear that up. Wow. That was confusing. That's crazy that it hasn't been solved still. That blows my mind. That's yeah. so crazy. And they did look at like another serial killer in the area was Harry Hampman at the time. Mm-hmm. And they kind of looked at him for it, but there's definitely no like, okay, no physical evidence. Mm-hmm. And 
I mean, it's hard because they all do. There's no MO. Mm-hmm. Every single murder that we've looked at or, or disappearance is different. Yeah. And so that is a reason people are like, how can you tie him? But then at the same time, yeah. how many people can disappear or get murdered around you? Literally, not even just like in your town, like around you mm-hmm. where it's like, come on. Yeah, no. It's, it's, yeah, that's so crazy. So yeah, those are the, I'm calling them the Lewis Clark disappearances. You can look them up as like the Lewis Clark murders, the Lewis Clark, um, I don't know, missing. I don't know what you Uh would call it. And this, the detective, I told you at the beginning, the girl, she's the one who tied all of this together and she sent it to Chicago PD. She was the one who died. Got it all. That's so cool. Good for her. Yeah. So check out all of our social media, murder with my husband, our YouTube channel will have any, um, like images or visual that goes along with this. And yeah, we will see you guys next week. I love it. And I hate it. Goodbye. Goodbye.